Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Praise the Lord, church. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with Sunday school this morning. I see somebody praising. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Are we glad it's Sunday this morning? Amen. I'm glad. I'm, I'm always happy whenever I get to come to church. Amen. I love being here. I love everybody here. Um, and there's no place I'd rather be on a Sunday morning. Um, I didn't grow up in church, so my Sundays looked a little different before I started coming to church. So... But now they're better. I can say that. Amen. Amen. I'll give you all some time to come to your seats as you are doing that. Um, I am going to give honor to Pastor and Sister Satan for this opportunity of being here in front of you guys. I, don't, I do not take this lightly every time I come here. I know I say that, but if you were in my shoes, you'd be saying more things. So um, it's truly an honor. You know, I, I don't feel... <laughs> Um, sometimes, you know, you don't feel prepared to be here. And it's not that I'm not prepared, just that you're like, why me? Why not somebody else, you know? But, you know, you get what you get, right? Amen. Uh, Bishop, I honor you as well. Great man of God. I, I love Bishop. We all love Bishop. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, could you turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4? We're going to read there verses, verses 1 through 8. Sorry, I'm lisping a little bit. I have a cough drop in my tongue, and I'm sorry to move it around. I already talk weird, so this is not help. Oh, man. Amen. Um, and if you all don't have it, I think they're going to Oh, there you go. They're fast back there on, on the screens. Uh, the Bible says, and he began... Again, teaching by the seaside. This is speaking about Jesus, amen. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into the ship, into a ship, and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them his, in his doctrine, Hearken, or listen. You know, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on the stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground. And did yield fruit that sprang up and increased. And brought forth some thirty and some sixty. And some 100. Amen. Uh, and this, this month, you know, it's the month of June now. And as you know, every month we're doing a different theme. And this month, the theme is the parables of Jesus. Amen. And I want to uh, teach in this subject, parables from Jesus, the sower, and the soil. Amen. The parable from Jesus, the sower, and the soil. Before we start, can you raise a hand and pray for this word? Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Jesus, that you, we are here this morning, Lord, gathered to hear your word. And Lord, as your word says, we want that seed, that word of God to fall on good soil. 
We don't want it to fall, Lord, in the soil that is not prepared. So if, we're, if somebody's not prepared today, can you pray that, Lord, prepare my heart, prepare my mind, Lord, so that I may be able to receive this word, and this word can come, uh, sprout forth, and give fruit. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen, amen. So we are speaking about, you may be seated, I know I didn't say that, but y'all, y'all, um, so we're, this, this month, the theme for this month is going to be about the parables from Jesus. And as we know, uh, the greatest teacher that ever lived was Jesus. Amen? The best preacher that ever is, you know, I love you, Bishop, but I believe Jesus was a, a good preacher. Um, you, you, you'll be right there under him. I'm, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> And if pastor was here, I'd say he'd be third, you know. But anyways, <laughs> let me not start going down the line. <laughs> um, so, but as a, as a teacher that Jesus was, um, he used these things called parables. And um, I had to look it up. I was like, what is a parable? Because keep in mind, like I said this morning, I did not grow up in church. The first parable I've ever heard was preached um, in Midway Drive, and that was the lost coin. And I was like, Wow. Wow, that was, you know, because you, you never think about it, right? You, you read the parables and you're like, this makes no sense, right? But, but I looked it up and this, uh, a parable is a simple, no, now I understand what parables are, just so you all know. I, I don't want to leave it out there, but I do now. A simple story is a parable uh, used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Right? In the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus tells many stories or parables to teach spiritual truth. And that's, and that's what he does, right? Because we know that God's understanding and God's knowledge is far greater than ours. Anybody know that? Right? And we can't, we can't comprehend it. You know, I, I, you know, we can put all the knowledge that there has been in the world, and they will never be close to God's understanding and knowledge. But God still finds ways to talk to us, amen, to communicate with us. And I believe that's what Jesus did with the parables, amen. He was communicating the kingdom of God, you know, because many times he started the parables where, with, uh, for the kingdom of God is like, you know, so he was trying to show us what the kingdom of God was like. First um, Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, um, it says this, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Amen. So God wants us, um, as many as want, really, to have knowledge of truth. Amen. I, I want knowledge of truth, right? I want to know the truth of God. Amen. I don't want to live my life without any, any truth of God. I want the truth of God. And God makes this available to everyone. You know, he wants us to know him and to know who he is. That, that, that's why he came, right? Uh, we know that since the beginning of time, God has desired to have a relationship with humanity. You know, we look at, at Adam and Eve. You know, they have a, a great relationship with God. Now, we know that sin entered, you know, that place, and that separated them from God because that is what sin does, right? Unfortunately, sin has always kept us away from God because sin is separation from God. And that's why repentance is very important. You know, I know I'm going all over the place, but I'm, I'm going to get somewhere, trust me. You know, repentance is very, very important. Why? Because if we are in our sin and we do not repent, we, I believe that God cannot operate in us. Amen? Because when we repent, that means we turn away or we empty ourselves out so that God may fill us. Amen? We stop walking in one direction as we were going and we start walking toward his light. Amen? That's why, sorry, the cough drop is coming to an end and it's really small. Um, 
I don't want to spit it out. Okay. That's why repentance is very important. Some of y'all need to repent. <laughs> okay. Repentance is very important because here's how important it is. When, when, at the day of Pentecost, when, when uh, Peter sees the crowd, the first thing he tells them when they are compelled in their hearts, first thing he tells them what? Repent. Right? He doesn't say get baptized and speak in tongues and then repent. No. If, if we want to do it the right way, I believe that it is, it is in that order for a specific reason. Because none of those other things can happen unless we first repent. Amen? Amen? One of the beautiful things about the parables is that no matter which parable you read, it, it, will, it will always put an image in your head or sometimes it will paint a picture. Amen? Uh, for example, we read the parable of the lost coin, you know. I imagine this lady looking for a coin. You know, we see the parable of the, of the prodigal son, you know. Every time I think of a parable, the same image comes to my mind, and that is a house, you know, in, at a, in a cul-de-sac towards the woods and the son coming out of the woods, you know, and the father running to the woods. To, see, that's how I see it. You may see it differently. Um, every parable that I read, I, you know, I have a very imaginative mind. Every time I read something, or I'm always, like, imagining it how it would be. That's why you see me laughing by myself, just thinking of things that I shouldn't be thinking. Anyways. And we know, right, we know that a picture says a thousand words. You know, I was speaking with Brother Tom yesterday. I think I, I told him that, right? A picture says a thousand words. And, and, and the beauty of that is that, that I believe that we can read these parables time and time again, have the same image, and it will give us something different each time. Amen? Because that's, that's what happens to me, right? Every time I reread a parable, I'm like, well, I miss this specific detail. Like, I've read the parable of the, um, of the prodigal son many times, and every time I get something new out of it. Amen? And sometimes it's just a, a reminder, you know? Uh, sometimes we forget about the kingdom of God, so we need to hear the kingdom of God is like, you know, and we read those parables, right? It's important to keep in mind that these parables also were told 2,000 years ago, right? Um, to a group of people whose customs and lifestyles were different than ours today. So I cannot compare myself to someone who has lost a coin. I've lost many coins. <laughs> you don't see me looking for that one penny that went between the seats. The vacuum gets it, and I empty the vacuum out, and I never see that penny again. You know? But, you know, I, I cannot, I, I cannot um, compare myself to, to, you know, needing oil for my lamp. You know, I have a flashlight. I have, you know, electricity. You know, there's, there's, these, these parables were told to those people in that time, but somehow they are relatable to us nowadays. Amen? Now, I, I don't lo lose coins, but I know what it's like to have a relative that is not living for God, you know? And when they finally do, I'm like, bring, make, let's make a party, you know? I'm going to use that coin to spend some money to make a party or something, you know? Uh, so, so that's, that, that's the beauty of the parables, that it, it paints a, a beautiful image of the kingdom of God. These stories uh, were relatable to Jesus' audience while they are relevant to us today. Amen? And it takes more understanding today than it did in those days. But, like I said, these parables are written in the word of God for a reason. The goal of these parables were to compare stories Jesus told to the kingdom of God. That's why, like I said, many parables begin with the kingdom of God is like, right? I believe that one of the main goals of the parables was to let us know that we must have a kingdom mentality, right? Because those people were living their daily lives. Many of them knew the, 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 the scriptures like the back of their hand, but they still didn't have that kingdom mentality. And if we're not careful, we can, we can get to that point in our walk with God where we know the Bible, we know the scripture, but we don't have that kingdom mentality, you know, we only live our, our, our daily lives, our day-to-day, our -day, but we don't think about the kingdom. Amen? So 
So Jesus came to give us the opportunity to be in the kingdom of God, right? Not only the earthly kingdom, but the heavenly kingdom as well. Many parables revolve around what happens in heaven as well, right? Like, all heaven rejoices when a sinner repents, you know? It's letting us know what's happening on earth and in heaven. Uh, the parables are still being used even to this day. Like I say, many preachers or teachers, just like Jesus was, you know, that's what Jesus was. He was a teacher in, in his time. He was a preacher, um, and he used parables. Many, many good preachers nowadays, they use parables. Amen? I, I, I love hearing, you know, Bishop telling, not parables, but stories, you know, those that paint illustrations. I know Pastor does that a lot, too, when he, he uses something similar to a parable, right? Now, me, I'm not, I'm not good at telling stories. I always get sidetracked, and uh, I'm just like, you should have been there, like, <laughs> you know, but anyways. And now, <laughs> yeah, you should have been there. But teaching in parables is usually the most effective way of getting a better understanding, Amen. Or making a listener understand better. Because um, there are some stati statistics that about 65% of people are um, what are called visual learners, right? Who, who's a visual learner here? Yeah, that's about 65, like I said. You know? So many of them, you know, like I said, are, are visual learners and they understand better when there's an image painted. You know, I have the little seed, you know, the hand throwing the seed now. Hope you understand what I'm trying to say later on. You know, but Jesus knew that in order to get the audience to understand what he was saying, he had to use parables, specifically ones that they could, that they could relate with in that time. However, not many understood Jesus whenever he spoke in parables, right? Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 14, I'm reading from, from the New Living Translation. Uh, the Bible says, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even, that, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables, for they look, but they really don't see. They hear, but they don't really under, listen or understand. And this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. Amen? Now, these are uh, these people that are amongst the crowd, you know, these people that, that Jesus is speaking to, they, they should have recognized Jesus as the Messiah already, right? Uh, because he, he, Jesus reminds his disciples that these people, even though they know what the word of God says, they don't understand it. You know, they, the, the, the scribes, the, the Pharisees, they knew the word of God, so, so they should have known that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the one that, that, the one that was to come, but they didn't. You see, because they were in the state of mind where they, where they knew the word, but they did not understand it. Jesus, uh, I, a commentary says, Jesus spoke in parables not only to draw those that were hungry for knowledge of the word of God closer, but also to get rid of those who were not truly invested. You know, and why? Because Jesus had a huge following, if you, if you, if you see his life. But as he spoke more of things that were to come, the less people he had in his audience. Right? As we look closer, you know, I, I remember seeing this image that, you know, Jesus was speaking to thousands of, of people in the multitude, but when they came to the cross, nobody was there. You know, and, and I saw an image that said, the closer you get to the cross, the less people you're going to have following you. And I believe that's what happened with Jesus. You know, he had, he had all those people at some point, but the more and more and deep he got into the kingdom mentality, many were like, you know, this is not for me, or I don't understand this. I'm just going to stop, stop following. 
Another, uh, another commentary, uh, commentary says the parables of Jesus in chronological order can be categorized into four groups, and it embodies the position of, uh, of cr a Christian life. So the first group of parables of Jesus is a new story being told and serves as a foundation for the next set of parables. Right? The second group of the parables of Jesus comprises the important parables of the sower and the four types of soil and the un unfruitful fig tree. The third group of the parables of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven parables, that there's a mustard seed, the weeds amongst the weed, the yeast, the hidden treasure, etc. And the fourth group of the parables of Jesus is known as the behavior parables. And they teach you how to act as a follower of Christ in different situations, as a disciple, worker, or tenant. Um, it also sheds light into using your talents well, remaining watchful, and the final judgment. Like I said, there are many parables, and they all speak about something in the kingdom of God. Some are for us to use in our daily lives. You know, we see some parables that we can use in our daily lives. We see some that are going to, we're going to use in the times to come, like the ten virgins, you know, with the, with the oil, you know. It's, it's going to speak about those that are prepared with the oil and those that are not. You know, the, the bridegroom is going to come. Some are going to be taken. Some are not. Why? Because they were not prepared. Amen. Now, we, we start in our story in Mark chapter 4 and, and in verse 3, where Jesus says, Behold, there were, there were out a sower to sow. And I'm going to explain this a little more. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Verse 5, And some fell on the stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depths of earth. Uh, verse 6, But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. And the other fell on the ground and did not yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth. Some 30, some 60, and some uh, and 100. And he explains this in verse 14. So if you skip down to verse 14 now, uh, Mark 4 and 14, it says, The sower, Jesus is, this is Jesus explaining the, the parable he just told now. Keep in mind, Jesus didn't do this all the time. Oftentimes, he would just tell a parable and be like, good luck, you know. But this time, he, 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 really, he really sat down and explained it to them, you know. Uh, he says, the sower soweth the word, you know. So now we know that the, the seed is a word, amen. And these, uh, and then he says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away that word that was sown in their hearts, you know. And these are like, likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. Afterward with affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are which are sown amongst the thorns, such as hear the word. Uh, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are which are sown on good ground, such as those, those that hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So now he begins, the sower goes out, goes out to sow. You know, there's something happening in this, in this parable. The sower is doing what is known to do best. It's sowing, right? The sower sows, right? And Jesus likens the sower to, to that one that goes and spreads the word of God. You know, the sower is spreading the seed. We know what the, what the seed is. The seed is the word of God. Has anybody spread seed before? You have? Can you raise your hand? I'll see how many. Okay. All right. I used to work in this construction company where, you know, they messed up the, the grass, and then we had to go put new soil and then, you know, spread the seed and do that. And, and 
And every time, like I said, these parables give me imagery. I remember some landed on, because I wouldn't care. I would just, you know, throw seed all over the place. Some landed on the driveway. <laughs> some landed on the mulch bed. Some landed where they needed to land. Some landed with the other grass. And then, uh, you know, yeah. But then, then God was like, you see what I'm talking about in the parable? <laughs> anyways, but the grass grew anyways. I don't know how it grew on, on, the, on the driveway, but there was grass on the driveway. You know, God is amazing. Amen. <laughs> So now, the sower, in this case, like I said, is the one that goes out and sows the word of God. But the sower, um, in my idea, is an independable variable, meaning it can change. Because anybody can go out and spread the word of God, amen? In fact, that's what we're called to do, amen? Jesus says, go and, you know, and, and share the gospel with everyone. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. So we, in our, in our world, we are the sowers. We can be the sowers as well, right? Amen? I just want to empower somebody, you are a sower. Amen? So, like I said, it could be somebody different every time. So, some like to argue that the sower is God giving us um, his word through the Holy Spirit. You know, either way, the word is going out. You know, the word is coming out. Or the seed is being sowed. While the sower can be uh, something or someone different, the seed is unchangeable. Amen? Anybody, anybody know that? The word of God is unchangeable. Amen? The seed will always be the same, amen, because it is the word of God. Many aspects in our lives can change, but one thing that will never change is the word of God, amen. Uh, Psalm 119 and 89, your word, Lord, is eternal and it stands firm in the heavens, amen. Uh, Isaiah 40 and 8, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever, amen. Um, Malachi 3 and 6, I, the Lord, do not change, because we know, you know, the Lord doesn't change, his word doesn't change because the word became flesh, amen? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35. Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, amen? Other translations say it is living and is active. Just like that seed, it is living and it's active, and it has, and it has the, the opportunity to sprout that fruit. And we all want the fruits, amen? Hallelujah. Now, the seed of the word of God will always be the same. Like I said, it will never change. But Jesus reminds us that, that the seed is sown, the seed that is sown, rather, has potential to sprout and even get plenty of fruits. He says 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, right? It is not the seed's fault why there isn't any fruit. Amen? It is not the seed's fault why there's not any fruit. Because it all depends on what type of soil it is. Amen? And that will determine whether we have fruits or not, right? Like I said, we all should want the fruits. Amen. I want the fruits. Amen. I want to be fruitful. Anybody else want to be fruitful? Yes. Amen. So I have to make sure, amen, that when the seed is sown, that the soil is the right soil. Amen. I got to make sure that I'm good. I got to make sure that my soil has no thorns. Amen. That it's not hardened. That it has no rocks. I want to make sure that my soil is the best soil. Amen. And that's what he, what he explains. The first type of soil. Amen. The first type of soil that Jesus speaks about is the wayside. You know, and many, many of you guys may think, like I said, your imagination is working, that the wayside is like a sidewalk. You know, but keep in mind, they didn't have concrete back in those days. So how's it going to be a, a sidewalk? You know, they did have stuff to make hardened rock, you know, but I don't think they were, their infrastructure was that good like we have out here. Anyways, so you, you, you would think of something hard, right? But keep in mind that, uh, you know, like I said, concrete was not, you know, pavers. They had brick and stuff like that, but I doubt they make walkways out of brick. It was just all dirt. That's what I'm imagining, all dirt, right? Um, because it's speaking about some type of soil. 
But it speaks about the soil that has been stomped or corrupted by the world. Amen. That soil that, that people keep walking on, the wayside, right, where the people keep walking, it keeps constantly stepped on. It, it constantly, the world shapes it. The world hardens it, right? It has been influenced by the world so much that it's now hardened. Now, if we're not careful, that could happen to us. Amen? We can be influenced by the world so much that our hearts will be hardened. Amen? You know, I, 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 I read, um, I was reading something about these, uh, you know how nowadays they have the progressive Christianity? You know, those, those Christians, um, unfortunately, have been, um, you know, we're praying for them, but they have been, uh, what's it called? Um, my mom, influenced, influenced. They have been influenced by the world so much that they see sin as something light. You know, they're, they're seeing sin as something good. You know, and, and we know about those days that are coming where good will be called evil and evil will be called good. I know we're, we're in those times, but unfortunately that's what happens when we are influenced by the world. You know, our, our vision of sin and, and, and heavenly and kingdom mentality goes down the trash because we cannot see clearly. Amen. So, so that way, you know, the seed or, or, or rather the soil when it's influenced by the world gets hardened. And if we're not careful, like I said, we can, that can happen to us. And so that when the seed falls on this type of soil, the birds, or the devil in this case, is quick to take the seed or the word away from, uh, from it and has no chance of even giving roots. So the seed never has a chance. It doesn't even have a chance of giving roots or even, you know, being dug in or anything like that. The, the bird takes it away right away. The enemy does that, right? And, you know, we pray, right, that our soil is not like that when that happens, when the word comes out. Amen? But there's one way to loosen up that soil. Amen. If you go to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, uh, the Bible says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. That's the first thing. Our heart, in our heart, there must not be any unbelief. Amen. We must be always having faith. We, we must always have faith and believing in God. Amen. Because if there's unbelief, then our hearts will be hardened. Amen. Uh, in departing from the living God. But exhort one another, exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. It's telling here, exhort yourself daily. Why? Because we need the church, amen? We need one another. We cannot walk this walk by ourselves, amen? We need our brothers and sisters, amen? You should turn to your brother and say, I need you. Amen. It is the unbelief and the lack of accountability that will produce a hardened heart. Amen. We must trust in God and exhort one another daily, it says, every day, because we don't want our hearts to be hardened. Amen. A simple phone call, you know, brother, I'm praying for you. You know, I love it when my brothers text me, you know, I'm praying for you. And I text them sometimes the same thing or I text them back. Sometimes I forget. I apologize. But, but I, I like it when they tell me I'm praying for you. Why? Because they're making sure my heart doesn't harden. Amen. In a way. They, they may not think it that way. But I'm sure that's what's happening because I feel that that union, you know, that, 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 that communion with the body. Therefore, my heart is not hardened. So thank you all for texting me. Amen. Simple phone call, too, you know. Praying for one another. You know, all these things that can be done so that way we cannot be hardened in our hearts. Because the last thing we want is the word to come forth and our hearts not be ready to receive it. Amen. The second type of soil is the stony ground. Where the seed immediately sprang up, meaning the process was happening, but not in the right circumstances. You know, the seed started springing, 
but it was not in the right time or in the right place. The seed is supposed to spring up underground, begin to give roots, and then sprout, but due to the lack of soil and mostly stones, this couldn't happen. Instead, it sprung up and it was qu quickly affected by external heat and it withered because it had no roots. You know, and, and this, Jesus compares us to people who immediately receive the word with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises from the word's sake, it, they immediately get offended. And those people that right away receive the word, yeah, yeah, I'm good, but they're stones. There's stuff in their hearts, right? And, and we've all been there, right? I've, I've, I'm guilty of that. The stones represent things within us that don't allow space for the seed of the word of God to give root. Anybody know that? I mean, we want God to remove these stones, but if we want the fruits, it is our job to remove those things. Amen? That, that those things that will not allow the seed of the word of God to grow in us. God is not going to compete with our desires. Amen? That's nothing new. God is not going to compete with our desires or our wants. We must set those aside, get rid of some things, so that the seed of the word can have an opportunity to give off fruits. Amen? This type of soil reminds me of those uh, that like the blessings but don't like the, the trials. Amen? We, we've all been there, right? We want the blessing. Bless me, God. Bless me, God. Rain on me, all this. But the trials come, and you're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm walking away from church. You know, this ain't for me, right? Because we, we like living in that comfortable state, but we don't like the trials. You know, we, we, we have First um, Peter 1 and 7. It says that the trial of your faith, being much precious, being more precious than of gold that perisheth, Though it may be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We have, we have to be tried like gold sometimes. Amen? We have to go through the fire sometimes. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. You know, our faith is going to be tried sometimes. But when it does and it, and it, and it, and it comes out proven like gold does, like gold does, not gold dust, gold does, we will find that it gives honor and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Trials will come, but if the word is not rooted in our hearts, we will get offended and eventually fall out. Because that's what happens in this, in this, uh, in this parable. The word fell out. It, no longer, it, it could no longer stay in that place. And the third uh, type of, of soil, it was, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Uh, we go down to verse 18 where he explains it. Um, in Mark 4 and 18, it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So this is the, the, when the word comes. But then we have all these worries in our mind. You know, the word is there. It, it, it grows even, you know. But the thorns grow with it. So as the word of God is growing in that soil, the thorns are also growing, but what happens? The thorns overcome the seed. Amen. The worries of the world overcome the word of God. The 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 deceitfulness of riches overcome the word of God. And I know this is you're like, well, it grew, right? It sprouted out, it, it grew with it. What's the difference? Well, the difference is that it didn't give any fruit. Amen. And like I said earlier, we all want to be fruitful. Amen. We all want to give up. We, we all want the fruits, right? We, we cannot lie to ourselves and say, I, I don't want them. You know, if you don't want them, I'll take them. You know, give them to me, please. I need all the fruits that I can get. But, 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 we, don't, but, but we cannot um, 
stay in that mentality of thinking about stuff that we need, thinking about our jobs maybe, thinking, you know, putting more mind in these things will choke that word of God that is in us. Because then we begin to rely on our jobs and not rely on our provider. We begin to rely on our mentality and not rely in the word of God. We begin to rely on other external things and not in the things that God has given us. And if I, if I had to choose, I prefer God, the things that God gave me. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 31 and 33, Jesus reminds us, amen, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink, uh, wherewithal, or wherewithal shall we be closed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. You know, he's like pretty much saying, don't be like the world, you know, because these things that you're asking for, you know, uh, what should we drink? Well, I got the rivers flowing in me, right, you know, something like that, Right? we got the rivers of living water. You know, what shall we eat? Well, let's consume the word of God sometimes, amen? You know, what, what shall we be clothed with? Well, well, we're clothed in righteousness, you know? He's saying don't, don't, don't think like the rest of the world does, like the Gentiles do, right? Don't seek for those things. He says, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. How many know that God knows exactly what you need? Right? It may not be exactly what you want, amen, but it is what you need. And sometimes the needs outweigh the wants, amen? But he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Amen? Pretty much saying, seek first the things of God. You know, it, it's going back to the kingdom mentality. You know, have, have mind of the kingdom. Don't, don't be thinking of these things. You know, these things will, will keep you away, and that's how the thorns will come up and steal the fruit that is rightfully yours. Amen? And I don't want that. Amen? I don't want that. I, I don't want that for any of y'all here. So I pray, amen, that, 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 that those thorns will be taken away. And again, these, these, um, the, the thorns, rather, the thorns will be taken away. And, and just like the stones and the thorns, you know, we want God to remove those stones. Amen? Like I said, we want God to do it. But like I said, God is not going to compete with us. It is us that, it is us that have to look at our soil and say, what is in my soil right now? Is there rocks? Is there thorns? Is it hardened? You know, have you ever tried to, I know um, some of y'all farm here, you know, you, you cannot just throw seed on the hardened soil, right? You got to till it. You know, after that, you got to take the rocks out. If there's thorns, take them out. Why? Because you want the fruit. You, you want the reward of having the harvest, amen? And that's what we want in this place, amen? We want the harvest. We want the things that God has for us, those promises, those fruits. But, but it is us, it is our job to, to clean the soil, to take away the rocks, to take away the, you know, to, to, to soften it, to make it, make it so that the word will come and, and have fruit, amen? And lastly... And all other on good ground, and all other fell on good ground. Uh, that's verses, uh, Mark 4, verse 8. And all other fell on good ground, and they yielded fruit that sprang up and increased. And it brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. Uh, verse 20, he explains it, you know, very simple. And these, these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word of God and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, we can, we can compare and be like, well, the stony ground received the word with gladness, you know. Why doesn't it say that here? Well, that, that already should be happening. Amen. We should already be receiving the word. But, but what happens, the difference is, rather, that when we receive the word and, and the ground is ready, the ground is soft, right, the good ground that is called, it's going to give off those fruits. Amen. 
It's going to sprout. It's going to give fruits. And, and it doesn't stop there. It says some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. You know, we want the increase. Amen. It's not decreasing in this time. Amen. We want the increase because those fruits, I, I, I know um, I, I go back to farming, but, but when, when farmers, you know, plant seeds, they plant one seed, right? That one seed gives out fruit or whatever uh, vegetable maybe. You know, I've seen people put one little seed of tomato and it comes out 10, 20, you know, Sister Valerie, I know, you know, some, Sister Valerie, how many tomatoes do you get in, in a stem? Okay. Well, depending on it, but, but it's never, but it's never just one, right? It's, it's never just one. And, and, and that is what, what I'm imagining, that, that this seed falls, you know, and, and we may think, well, the seed is only one, but we don't know what kind of fruit it's going to produce. Amen. And, and you know, I hope it's a hundredfold, you know, we all want the hundredfold, but, but I'll be happy with the 30. Amen. You know, I'll be happy with the 60. You know, I'll be happy with whatever God gives me. I just want the, the, the seed to be on good ground. Amen. Amen. I, I read, a, um, I was doing some research on seeds, and it says a seed remain, a seeds rather remain dormant or inactive until conditions are right for uh, germination. All seeds, what they need, water, oxygen, and proper temperature in order to germinate. Now, we know God provides all of those things already, right? He, you know, in nature, he does that, right? That's why we have all these beautiful trees, all these beautiful plants, all these beautiful fruit. But it says seeds remain dormant or inactive until conditions are right. Now, how many of us know that they're seeded in our hearts already? You know, maybe they haven't sprouted because the conditions may not be right. Amen. So this morning, you know, what I like to do is pray that if our hearts are not right, and I know Bishop is going to come in a little bit, you know, in our new service, he's going to throw more seed out. And I want that seed to land on good soil. Amen. So stand up to your feet this morning. We're going to pray. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to